strong coming through here. If you have your Bible, if you would, please uh, take it with me as we say our Bible decree. And the children are dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel this morning. So let's take it. Let's raise it. I love that everybody already has their Bibles. Nice night. Hallelujah. All right. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. I love that pledge because I truly believe that if we don't have the Word of God, we have nothing. Today I want to talk to you about unstoppable purpose. We've been talking about what it means to be unstoppable. We began this series by thinking about things that are unstoppable. There was a poll that was taken back in Facebook on Facebook back in 2019. And it said, name the first three things you think of when you hear unstoppable. There was a lot of interesting feedback. Several things that were proposed as unstoppable were actually stoppable. In week one, we talked about the fact that every athlete or sports team that has been perceived as unstoppable were stopped at some point. The longest winning streaks in professional sports history all came to an end. Whether it was the Lakers or the Giants or the Penguins or even the Patriots, every winning team in a professional sport was finally stopped. They may have been unstoppable for a short time, but that time always comes to an end. Every unstoppable business, every legendary icon, every diva, every entertainer, every you name it, they all have eventually faded. None are truly unstoppable. They used to say that Elvis Presley was the king of... They said Michael Jackson was the king of... But they ended. Because you see, there's only one that continues to live on, and his name is Jesus Christ, who is the king of... Hallelujah, preach it. He's the king of... Amen. The theme began to take shape in that poll back in 2019. Several said that God is unstoppable. Jesus is unstoppable. The Holy Spirit is unstoppable. God's love is unstoppable. God's will is unstoppable. Some talked about the wind or a tornado or even waves of the sea. These things all come from God. They are God's creation. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 this morning. I do believe as you're turning there that we have to add that God's church is unstoppable. The church will never disappear from the landscape. Jesus promised to build the church. Satan has done everything he can to stop it. But the church has continued even though unbelievable persecution has been on it. I love Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. And it says this, and I said 
to you and I tell you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's church, God's purpose, God's power and God's people will prevail. The only truly unstoppable force in this world comes from God. The angel of the Lord appeared to this mother and said, You will be with child and you shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Emmanuel for he is God with us. You see, God is an unstoppable force. And what was going on here was that God knew that He had to send His Son into this world to journey as a child, as a young man, as an adult, and then go to a cross to die for our sins, be buried in a tomb, but raise up the third day victorious. Because He's unstoppable. You see, prophecy was fulfilled from the beginning to the end. This morning, what gift do you have within you that you've stopped? What have you done in in your narrative, in your life that you've said, God, I'm taking back, I'm taking control. I can't let go because you see, if I let go, then you take control. What you pursue becomes your purpose. What you pursue becomes your purpose. What do you purpose to do? What are you pursuing? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That's what we need to pursue. Are you purposing within your heart to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? As we look back, and as I ask God to to anoint this message, to bless this message today, I'm going to go back, we're going to do a little overview of the Unstoppable series, and then I'm going to just speak to you personally today. And I know that there are mothers in this room, and, and you've gone through maybe a difficult journey in your life. Maybe there's been some twists and turns, and some hurdles, and some bumps, but I want you to know that we serve an unstoppable God. And with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. So today, I want you to look to your neighbor and I want you to say this, never give up. Never cave in. And never quit. Y'all said that like you didn't even mean it. Great, let's do this again. Never give up. Never cave in. And never quit. Aren't you thankful for God's mother that never gave up? She never caved in. She didn't quit. And they went out to stone her, to persecute her. Yet, she kept, 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 kept keeping on. And that's how our life should be. Our life should be continually Focusing on the cross of Christ. What we pursue becomes our purpose. 
Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. And I'm going to preach that every week. That's the gospel found in Matthew 28. Week one, we started talking about unstoppable faith. We talked about the qualities and characteristics of a man who has the greatest impact on the history of Christianity than any other human being to have ever lived. And his name was Paul. Paul clearly possessed unstoppable qualities like determination, integrity, humility. These qualities enabled him to live an unstoppable life with an unstoppable faith, which ultimately leads to an unstoppable future for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what was behind these qualities that Paul possessed? Was it Paul's character? Was it his grit? Was it his determination? No, the thing that made Paul unstoppable was the Spirit of God within him. The one thing that made Paul unstoppable was the Spirit of God within him. The one thing that made Paul unstoppable was the Spirit of God within him. What did I tell you, praise team? It is the Spirit of God that drives us. There is no way, no way possible if I didn't walk in the Spirit, talk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, I would be able to do what I do. I love running a business. I love running a church. I love being a great husband. I love that my wife, my, my, I, uh, my, I, I, my wife runs, I mean, I run my, I, you know, okay. You started throw that in there. I love it, but listen, you can't make it if you don't have the Spirit of God within you. I love that about Paul. Man, he was on the road to Damascus and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The angel of the Lord came and we started to see it manifest. And that is one of the greatest stories of all times as he started to change in his journey. Week two, we talked about the unstoppable church, the unstoppable congregation, the unstoppable Christian. And since the church is made up of people, we focused on the qualities of these unstoppable Christians. Why? Because you are filled with God's Spirit. You can't be an unstoppable Christian on your own strength. The victorious Christian life isn't just difficult. It's impossible if the Spirit of God is not living in you. Because you just can't do it on your own. If you haven't died to self and decided to allow the Spirit of God to fill you, with His powerful presence, you will never reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. You see, the qualities of the Spirit-filled life are what enables a person to live a life that is truly unstoppable. Last week, we heard Pastor Chip. He spoke on an unstoppable friendship. We sang a song that says, I have a friend in God. God was up to something in the first century church and there was nothing anyone could do to stop it. It was unstoppable like a tornado. 
It was unstoppable like a tsunami. It was unstoppable like a stampede. It was unstoppable like the wind and the waves of the ocean. Very few things in life are truly unstoppable. But unstoppable is the word that comes to mind when we are attempting to describe the early days of the church. Conflict and controversy threatened to take out the early church. Do you see that? Does it sound familiar? Conflict, controversy was there to take out the early church. Sounds much like today, doesn't it? Pastors are getting arrested in Canada for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amazing. Did we ever think in our time, we would hear the preachers of old, they would get up on their soapbox and say, Repent you sinner! Get your heart right with God! There will come a day when you will not be able to come into the service. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> There won't come a day when you will come in the service and hear the word of God. Thank God where you're at. But guess what? Our God's unstoppable. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because here's reality. There are days there might be an empty seat. There are days that it's full. There are days that, you know what, maybe you're not feeling it that day. But our God is faithful. Increase is here. Favor is here. Instead of killing it, let's start to, let's make this challenge real and fuel the flame that would spread across the first century landscape and continue to spread around the world to this very day. Think about the early, very early obstacles that the church faced. We saw how the religious leaders tried to muzzle the message. You heard me say it about Peter and John. How they boldly proclaimed the word of God. Several times they were told not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John were filled with the Spirit. They wouldn't keep quiet. They couldn't be stopped. The leaders locked them up. And look what happened next. Now watch what it says in Acts chapter 5, 19 and 20. And I know we're still in Matthew 28, and I'm getting to it, I think. (laughs) But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened up the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. After a miraculously uh, freeing time from jail, the angel told Peter and John to go back to the temple and pick up right where they left off. Don't soften the message. Don't pull any punches. They were to get right back to spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it even says in Acts chapter 5 verse 21, At daybreak they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Peter and John went right back to doing what God had called them to do. Despite the religious leaders' attempts to dampen their enthusiasm, squelch the passion, passion or shut down the effectiveness of the early church. Acts chapter 6 verse 7 tells us that the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. The New Testament church believers were unstoppable. You just can't stop what God wants done. His will, His plan, His purposes will prevail. 
His will, His plan, His purposes will prevail. And when the church of Jesus Christ is what God designed it to be, it is an unstoppable force for God to bring hope to this lost and dark world. And as Spirit-filled believers, we want God's will to be accomplished in this world. In fact, you and I become instruments in the hand of God. As Jesus followers, we are a conduit through which God's Spirit will flow. And any Christian who is filled with God's Spirit is unstoppable. When it comes to accomplishing God's purpose... Okay, I will do that. Thanks for asking. Any Christian who is filled with God's Spirit... i got a request to repeat it. I requested it. It is unstoppable when it comes to accomplishing God's purposes. What you pursue becomes your purpose. The power of God flows freely through a submitted and surrendered vessel. The power of God flows freely through a submitted and surrendered mom. The power of God flows freely through a submitted and surrendered vessel. And the power of God flows freely through a submitted and surrendered mom. And we see it again in the scriptures where people were unstoppable. But before we go there, listen to the commandment in Matthew chapter 28, where it says Jesus came in verse 18. And told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even unto the end of this age. Go, teach, preach, make disciples. Here are some examples, listen, of unstoppable Christians and godly people. Joseph was unstoppable. Joseph had ten older brothers, and they were ruthless. He had a boss who had immoral, and he also had a boss who had a vindictive wife. And we're talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. His life was like a roller coaster, lots of peaks, many valleys, Somehow Joseph was able to maintain the incredible faith in God. Ten, not four, not three, but ten angry brothers. Ten angry, jealous brothers. A pit, a ship, a vindictive woman, and years in prison could not stop Joseph from proclaiming the good news. Joseph had a dream, and 20 years later, his dream came to pass. Joseph told his brothers that God had taken what they planned for evil and turned it around for good. Joseph was unstoppable. He was a man with purpose. Then we notice David. David was unstoppable. An angry king with a cold-blooded army couldn't stop David. Time after time, Saul attempted to have David killed, but God protected David from His divine purpose and for his divine purpose. And after 13 years, the words God had spoken through the prophet Samuel came to pass and David became king in 1 Samuel chapter 13. He was unstoppable. He had divine purpose. He took down 
the biggest, biggest, biggest bully. Yet he had purpose. When he went out to that field and he looked out and saw the army, he wasn't intimidated as a teenager. He was empowered because he had divine purpose. He knew what his calling was. You see, what we pursue becomes our purpose. He pursued to take down Goliath. But you see, you can't do things in your own will, in your own way. You have to have the divine power of God. Then there was Gideon. Gideon was unstoppable. 125,000 soldiers could not stop Gideon and his 300 fighting men. It wasn't a fair fight, not because Gideon was outnumbered, but because God was on Gideon's side. One plus God equals victory. Did I do that right? All right. It's like math class, a little cheerleading going on up in there. God caused Gideon's enemies to turn on themselves and kill each other. All because Gideon was doing what God called him to do. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon in Judges 6 and said, The Lord is with you. You are an unstoppable force. You have purpose. And more importantly, you have favor. A mighty man of valor, a mighty man of integrity. And the Bible says that he was a mighty warrior. He was a victor. And then we notice that Paul was unstoppable. We talked about Paul in week one of this series. Flogging, stoning, shipwrecks, and imprisonments could not even stop Paul. His attitude was, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's like the enemy said, okay, Paul, if you say to live is Christ, then we're going to kill you. We're taking your life. Paul said, that's okay, because for me, to die is gain. So in that case, we're not going to kill you, but we will let you, never let you live in peace ever again. To which Paul said, that's okay too. The sufferings of this present time are nothing compared to the glory that awaits me in heaven. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm saying, Paul. You get him up in there. In other words, here's what Paul said. If you let me live, I'll serve the Lord. If you kill me, I'm going to heaven. If you make me suffer, I'll have a bigger crown when I get there. So it wasn't in vain. And Paul is basically saying there is nothing you can do to stop me. He was unstoppable. Jesus was unstoppable. Satan could not stop Jesus. And the Bible tells us that if the princes of this world would have known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. When they were killing Jesus, they thought they were winning, but they were actually losing. Because when the first drop of Jesus' blood hit the ground, Satan's fate was sealed. Jesus was an unstoppable mission. He was on an unstoppable mission to save the world. Here's the point of the series, and I hope you get it. You are. And I am unstoppable. You are and I am unstoppable. You are and I am unstoppable. If Satan knew any better, he would leave you alone. He can't stop God's purpose for your life. Satan cannot stop a man or a woman of God who is living out their divine purpose. 
That's why he wants to get you frustrated. If he can get you frustrated, you might quit. Satan can't stop me, but I can stop myself. You stop yourself when you quit. The only way you can lose is if you quit. That's why my message to each and every one of you today is just this. Never give up. Never cave in. Don't quit. Never give up. Never cave in. Never quit. Do you hear me? So many of us get so distracted. And in this time, I've watched people walk away from the church. I've lost, I've watched ministers lose hope because people have started to fade away. You know why? Because we gave up. We caved in and we started to quit. Well, I'm here today to tell you, church, as God's child, you will never lose if you refuse to quit. You are unstoppable. Look to the person next to you and say, you are unstoppable. See, God made plans for you already before the world began. It said it, it said it in Psalms 139, 15 and 60. He formed you, He gifted you, He created you in your mother's womb. What a privilege. Along with those plans, He will also make provision for everything you need to accomplish whatever He has called you to do. We struggle when we step outside our assignment. Listen, we struggle when we step outside of our assignment. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know what my assignment was when I was 15 years old and God said, preach. I went, me? Me. Are you kidding me? Well, it made it a lot easier just to become a minister of music and a youth pastor because I just thought, hey, this is easy. All of the ridicule and then I have to stand up in front of everybody and the the nerves and the anxiety that comes with that. But listen, Satan might have placed that in front of us as a stumbling block or as a hurdle. But he said, listen, I've created you. And I have an assignment for you. Step outside of you, Todd, and let God take precedence. Let me take precedence in your life. We struggle when we step outside of our assignment, don't we? But when I'm walking in step with the Spirit, I might face opposition. We might face opposition. But guess what? We can face it with grace. Amen. He empowers us to overcome every attack and still lose every attacker. Luke chapter 6 verse 27 says, Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those that curse you and pray for those that mistreat you. Be a light. You see, the enemy has no authority in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can walk daily in God's love, you can walk daily in His peace, and you can walk daily in His purpose. As you do, you can declare by faith that because of the power of God at work in my life, I am an unstoppable force because I have divine purpose. The enemy cannot stop us when we are walking in our purpose. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. The only way we can lose it is if we quit. And I don't know about you. But I'm not a quitter. I am no quitter. I'm a victor. I'm not a... I'm a winner. I'm not a... I'm a child of the most... And I have favor and I have purpose. So do you. Isn't that great? But you see, there's too much at stake. One of these days, I want to hear my commander-in-chief, my Lord and my Savior, say to me, Well done, 
thou good and faithful servant. How could we give him anything less than our best when he has given us so much? And when he's given much to us. You see, when the Spirit of God is on me, in me, with me, and for me, how can I lose? How can I fall? How can I fail? How can I be stopped? Remember, God's Spirit living in me and through me, that is what makes me unstoppable. And that is why we do a series like this. Because there's truth to proclaim. There is a message to be heard. Do you believe that this morning? What better way to transition from a series called Unstoppable than to take a look at a clip from a movie called Unstoppable? Have you guys seen that movie, Unstoppable, with Denzel Washington? It's about a train. And the only way to stop this train is so that he got involved. I mean, this is kind of like high adrenaline, a lot of nerves, and you're at the edge of your seat, like, watching this thing, and then you're scared, and you're hiding behind the couch. Because there's so much. Now watch this real close. Here's a clip from the trailer. I just want you to see this. Now watch. This train is out of control. Nobody's even manning it. Have fun. What do we do when we get to a railroad crossing? We have an unmanned train rolling into a highly populated area with no air brakes. Yeah. Six, six. What's up? There's an unmanned train on the northbound track. It's under power? It's coming straight at us. What are we worried about in terms of cargo? Eight great cars of hazardous chemicals. We're not just talking about a train. We're talking about a missile the size of the Chrysler building. I need to know where that train is. We're not exactly sure. You're not sure? We'll find out. What the hell? It gets worse. I've got 150 students coming in on some field trip on track 16. Train that size going that fast vaporize anything in front of it. We have been told to anticipate an event radius 20 to 45 miles. The only way to stop that kind of power, grab it by the tail, gun in the opposite direction. Now look at that. Amazing. Do you see the force? Do you see the power? Nothing, he said, can stop that force. Here's what I want to tell you. Unstoppable is a great movie. I love to go to the movies. We love a good story. We love the, the, the energy that comes with it. We love the hype that comes with it. And I believe that Unstoppable is one of the most high-intensity movies that keep you on the edge of your seat. But the 60-second clip will cause some of you... Now, I want you to think about this, to see that if a movie, which you haven't already, maybe seen, and some of you might have seen it, we'll see it again. We all love a good story. We all love to see that the purpose that's behind what we do. Jesus talked about things like seeds and sheep and vineyards to help people understand the kingdom of God. But yet, I wanted to show you this today because I believe that we can use stories that people can connect with to teach them about God, the Bible, and the message of hope in Jesus Christ. Far too often, the church is answering questions no one is asking. People need to know how the Christian faith relates to the world. You see, culture does not inform Bible. Culture does not inform the Bible. We use the Bible to inform our culture. When we address culture in the church, we communicate the importance of viewing everything through the story of Jesus. So as I close, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to go back to this part of that movie. 
Will you help us get the word to others who need to know the unstoppable love and hope that is found in Jesus Christ? That is our purpose, and as Christians, we are to spread the good news. We are Christ's ambassadors. As we have discovered in the series, when Christians live like they're supposed to live, and when the church loves like they're supposed to love, the, true, the church is truly unstoppable. God has a purpose for you, and he has a purpose for the church. And as I conclude, our goal is to glorify God through obedience to his word and to his will in our lives. Our mission is to continue what Jesus started when he was on this earth. And one way to do that is by doing what he has called us to do. It is about fulfilling our purpose as what Christ followers. Just before Jesus ascended to the Father, here's what he said. Now listen closely. Because I believe we've read this before in Matthew chapter 28. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Last week was such a great time. And and, in church, I loved it because I know that God has a plan for this church. Pastor Chip was here and here's what he said. You need to build. I said, yeah, what? He goes, yeah, not the fellowship hall. You need to build the sanctuary. He said, you need to add on to the sanctuary. You're at your max. He said, even in our congregation, we were much smaller. And he said, we were filling it up. So we had to to take a 100-person auditorium and turn it into 350. And before long, they were at 350. That's getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out. Amen? Amen. So last week it was, I've shared this with a couple and I want to share it with the rest of you. You know, you're standing on divine purpose. You're sitting on divine purpose. Everything that you're encountering today is divine purpose. We pursued 16 years ago to surrender and to pursue building the kingdom of heaven. So we as a body of believers have come together to pursue what God started years ago. Sure, there's been obstacles. Sure, there's been some roadblocks. And there's been some discouragement. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. Welcome. You're going to have some letdowns. But I want to encourage you to have faith. So there was a gentleman that was here. And he stood and he waited for me back in the foyer on Friends and Family Day. This girlfriend walked up to me and she said, I just want you to know we just left it here today. And as he was standing in the back, I walked up and started talking with him. And as I was talking with him, he's like, did I hear you guys are building an addition? And I said, yeah. He said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Well, my ears that are small went, poof. Sonar came out and I was really listening nice and close. What are you going to do? He said, well, I've had an excavating company, so I would like to do all the excavating for the church. And if I can get a couple guys to help me lay the concrete, I'll do it all for free. I'll take care of the cost. You know what that is? Divine purpose. That's our unstoppable God. Do you guys know this? I have no clue what God's going to do, but He does. We have to be willing. 
We have to be surrendered. Then he wrote me on Monday and told me again, now don't you forget that come the time when you break ground, I'm here. I'm breaking the ground. So that's what God does. When Legacy got back with us and they gave us the square footage price, I scratched my head and at first I started to say, where are we coming up with that kind of money? And I said, well, God, here you go. He already knows what it is. He already knows how he's going to handle it. He already knows. Listen, I'm in a beautiful sanctuary right now. And in this beautiful sanctuary, we had a great visitor this week. And I'll tell you this story and then I'm going to conclude and we'll be done this morning. But this is divine purpose. What you pursue becomes your purpose. People said we wouldn't make it a month. People said, oh, you'll never make it six weeks. Do you understand how hard it is to build a church? It's difficult to build a church. But you know what the scriptures have to say? And I tell you, Peter said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Why? Because God's always doing a great work. I'm out here this past week spraying some weeds. We had just had Drew and Laura's rehearsal. Congratulations on the renewal of your vows. Beautiful ceremony. And I thought, I'm going to hang out here and I'm going to spray some weeds down. And as I was spraying the weeds down, I saw something in my peripheral vision and this truck starts pulling in and I went, It's the fire marshal. Not fire marshal Bill. The fire marshal. (laughs) But you know what overcame me? Oh, this is exciting! Another one gets to hear a God story. What happens when people come here on this property? They're held hostage until I let them go. That's how it goes. Because they have to hear... God's divine purpose and plan for this congregation. So he gets out and I'm like, hi, how you doing? He's like, great, I'm the fire inspector and I'm here to check out the church. And I'm like, great, let's go on in. Welcome. Let me get the door for you. He's like, that's okay, I'm going to put my mask on. And Great guy. Uh, worked for the city of Talmadge, was a principal in administration there and has been around for years. So I couldn't wait for him to see the property. I couldn't wait for him to, you know, and he was doing one of these numbers. Putting it on. And as he was putting on his mask, I kept the door open. And he went just like this. Inside the door and went, whoa, wow, what has happened in here? I said, what what do you mean? (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I, I wasn't expecting this. I said, expecting what? You know, I always, you, know, you have to build it up. I wasn't expecting this place to be remodeled. The last time I was in here, it was old-fashioned, and, you know, they had the pews still here, and there were boxes and all kinds of stuff. And he said, wow, this is really beautiful. How long have you guys been in the building? <laughs> I had a story to tell. How much time do you have? Well... I looked at him because it was funny because at one point I said, did you have an appointment? Because you see, if he came without an appointment, I had every right to hold him up for an hour. (laughs) So my wife called and she said, honey, where are you? I said, I'm at the church. She goes, are you holding him hostage? 
you need to get back to the house. We got some things to do and so on and so forth. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's all good. So he walked into the sanctuary as he was, you know, poking around at the lights and checking everything out around the building. And he walked in here and stood and walked up here and stood and walked over here. And we stood there for about 15 minutes. And, you know, hey, I'll tell you all, you don't get on this property without you hearing me praise my Savior. Because Jesus has done a lot. And I looked at him. I said, oh, this is just the building. You haven't met our community. Oh, our community. Oh, they're alive. They're crazy. They're aw-. By the way, Pastor Chip paid all of you a compliment. He said, you know, we had a band at our church. And uh, they're pretty good. But your church can rock it out. He said, where's that energy come from? I said, Jesus. Are you kidding me? Come on, every church can have Jesus power. <laughs> So, you know, let me continue this story. So we walked through there, and he's like, wow, this is amazing. You know, we, we're just now getting back into our church, but I would really love to come and be a part of our church service. I said, well, Sunday at 1030 a.m., you are more than welcome. And Dave, you are more than welcome to come anytime you want. If you're walk, watching today on live stream, we would love to have you. I told him, I said, if you want to see that because the two things that he found in the building, and I applaud all of you deacons and trustees and those that have worked on the property, we had a junction box that needed a plate on it, and we had boxes by the furnace that doesn't run. And so he said, those are the two things that we must fix, and they fixed them. So I wanted to invite him back so he could see that they were fixed immediately. Amen? Now, now watch what the scriptures had to say. It says, go you into all the world and teach and preach and evangelize. We all have a story to tell. We all have a message to share. What is your story? What is your story? What have you been a part of? Have you shared that story with someone? Listen, there's hope in our Savior. And on this Mother's Day, you know what? Start sharing some of your stories. I love seeing mothers here. I love seeing grandmothers here. I love... I just love the influence that you have. And it blesses my heart to have you here with us. But maybe in this time in your life, you get to share some stories of God's saving grace in your life. You see, I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to cave in. And I don't want you to quit. You see, if I would have quit years ago, I wouldn't have been able to give hope to a man who I don't even know his story. But I get to bring him in a building as he walked around in every room, from in here to the fellowship hall to the kitchen to the bathrooms. He even went in the women's restroom and walked back out and he goes, as he was waiting, he goes, I've never even been in a church that has this pretty of a ladies' restroom. I said, wait a minute, have you seen the men's restroom? Yeah. I was really, hey, ladies, if you haven't seen the red, cool red stuff we've got in there, it is bad. And when, when Sintosh showed us that stuff, I said, I want red in the men's bathroom. But he still complimented the ladies' restroom. So good job, ladies. Good job. And, uh, but I want you to know that in our life, what we pursue becomes our purpose. Can you pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ? What's your purpose? And how can you make Jesus Christ your purpose? How can you pursue him? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to start inviting. I want you to start bringing your unchurched family 
and your friends. I want you to tell them on social media. I want you to share it through text message. I want by word of mouth, maybe a call. And once you get a chance to share with them just God's saving grace and what he's done, you have a message and you have a mission. And our purpose and our mission is to be what? Unstoppable. In that train, that train is much like me. The difference between that train and the train I'm on, my conductor is Jesus Christ. And I'm not stopping till he calls me home. We have a mission. And many of you think your mission is impossible. That's original. Many of you think your mission is impossible, but it isn't. You're unstoppable with the power of the Holy Spirit. So allow him to fill you up. And I believe that souls will be saved and lives will be changed. And I want you to join with me in prayer as we pray for others to come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Don't lose your mission nor your commission. Claim Matthew chapter 28 and know that we have unstoppable purpose. Let's rise to our feet as we go into invitation and we close. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your word and we thank you, Lord, for the influences outside of this building that have been here and have seen just the transformation to know that God is at work. Many people can't see what we've seen because they've never stepped foot on this divine property. So, Father, we thank you for using us, this congregation, this community, to be unstoppable. And God, I ask you that today you will give us hope, living hope, to know that what we pursue becomes our purpose. And Father, we're not going to just stop right here, right now. We're going to be like that train and unstoppable, and we're going full engine forward. So God, fill us with your power. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, we love you. Encourage each and every person here today to never give up, to never cave in, and to not quit. In your holy name we pray. Amen.